This episode is sponsored by our friends at SongTrust. SongTrust is the world's largest technology solution for global music publishing, royalty collection, and administration. It was founded to simplify music rights management and to remove complexity from the publishing landscape. SongTrust collects publishing royalties for more than 2 million songs with a community of more than 300,000 songwriters and rights holders. Use promo code PUBCAST20 and sign up for 20% off your SongTrust registration. Welcome to this episode of the AIP Nashville Pubcast. Our guest today is John Ogie. He's known in Nashville as the EVP of Reservoir, but he's also the Nashville Chapter President and now National Chair of the AIMP. So John sits with us and shares what his new role looks like, as well as his vision for the future of the AIMP. Welcome back, listeners, to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. We are sitting with the AIMP National Chair and Nashville President and Executive Vice President of Creative at Reservoir, my friend, John Ogier. Welcome, John. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me on the show. You're up there with uh, some of the other guests I've had with the multiple titles. Do you feel important? That's, well, that'll be my starting question. Do you feel important, John? I do not. <laughs> what I've learned, Tim, is the more... The more titles you get, the more responsibility you get. Things get a little more complicated. <laughs> I was going to say, I used to be envious, but now I am not. I, you can keep all your titles. But I, we are very glad to have you. For those that don't know John, I'll go ahead and be uh, his humble brag for him. John has been uh, a part of the AIMP Nashville office, I think, since inception pretty much. Right, John? Just right behind it. I've been involved for, gosh, eight, nine years now eight or nine years, and he has been very instrumental in leading us into the growth that we've had and uh, really been the visionary uh, to me. I haven't been on the board for the last, I think, four years now or being involved for the last four years, and uh, we couldn't be happier to have him also adding that extra title of the national uh, chair onto him. And so, John, as I had mentioned prior to us uh, actually recording that we have not done an episode of the AIMP podcast where we actually talk about the AIMP. So uh, again, I'm looking forward to really opening this up to our listeners. So I like to have play the dumb guy in the room, so which is not much of a stretch for me in general, but being the dumb guy, why do I want to be a member of the AIMP? Let's just start it off with a simple question. That's a great question. So the Association of Independent Music Publishers was formed in 1977 in Los Angeles by a bunch of music publishers with the idea of let's get together and let's share ideas, let's let's educate each other, and let's talk about cutting-edge issues and figure out how we can really align to have one voice. Because as we know, the elephant in the room is the major record companies own the major publishing companies. So they don't always have independent songwriters and publishers and creators interests at heart. So this, the whole idea was to get the indies to come together, to have one voice, to not even really lobby, but just to, to have a voice to communicate and to share um, information amongst its peers. Which is great. And that's a part of the uh, mission statement for having our podcast as well as to be as much uh, as entertainment as we can, but it's really to be informative and to help, bring along those that are, are on the indie side of life to basic things of licensing to uh, 
you know, the admin side to the sync side and help everybody share in community with this knowledge. And that that is so important and vital. And I think I remember the first event I came to, you guys were meeting in the back of what was then Cabana. It may still be Cabana. I got, it's all the restaurants change names so much down here now. And and it was a panel. I remember thinking there's something to this this AIMP thing. And uh, it took me a minute to see the to, to see what I could get out of it. To be honest, that the, I think we all kind of go into things like, what can I get out of this? But I quickly saw the community and the voice and the need for us to bond together, especially over, I don't think it's a stretch to say the last particularly 10 years have been a lot of dramatic change for the, the publishing world uh, between cells and streaming changing. And we find that our, our songs are getting used in multiple different places. And we do need that unified voice to help get our voices heard and get those things corrected. Is there a legislative update as well as like, who do we work with and uh, how do we use our voice in that arena? Yeah, you know, the AIMP has a lot of trade organization allies and friends, um, probably the two most important being the NSAI, the National Songwriters Association International and the NMPA, which is the National Music Publishers Association. NSAI, obviously run by Bart Herbison for many years, and David Israelite running the NMPA. They are really kind of leading the, the forefront of the lobbying issues of legislation and copyright royalty rates. Um, so those are big allies. We also have a lot of international partners, too. Um, so that's really one of the biggest things that I've gotten out of the AIMP. It's just grown my network in New York, grown my network in Los Angeles, that really helped me wrap my head around a lot of these legislative issues that affect how we get paid. Um, so yes, we're lucky to have a lot of allies across the world. Let's drill this down a little bit to your role in the national office and we grow up to how that looks in the national chair zone, but what exactly is your, your role in the national uh, AIMP world? Yeah, so I've been the chapter president. This is my sixth year um, and real funny story, Mark Driscoll, and Michael Martin, both longtime veteran music publishers in town, asked me if I wanted to join the board probably eight years ago. And I thought, yeah, why not? So I was up for election and was elected. And about a year and a half into that, they asked if I would run for chapter president. And I thought, you know what, there's no way I'm going to win. So I might as well run. Ended up getting elected and I've been doing that ever since. So I'm six years in and then recently at the top of this year, top of 2021, I became the national chair, which is really the first time the organization has had leadership out of Nashville. Um, it's always been led out of L.A. In more recent years, um, L.A., New York and Nashville have been working more closely together. And a lot of that was driven by Elisa Coleman in New York and Michael Ames out of L.A. So luckily, I got to spend a lot of time with them who have been doing this a lot longer than me and um, really extremely smart people. So it's uh, it's been really interesting to watch the formation and how much it's grown over the last several years. And I think really in part in Nashville because of our award show. Um, I can brag on Nashville, we are the largest chapter. I think as a national organization, we represent over a thousand independent publishers. And in Nashville, we have well over 400 members. So Nashville's come on really strong. We were late to the party, but we, uh, we've shown up in full force. We are a good community. I love that uh, about our little Nashville uh, uh, community of music people. We support each other and it's great to see uh, uh, us really jump in 
uh, and joining the AIMP. And we have a lot of indies. Uh, I don't know how that even relates to the um, LA and New York offices, but we are built off independent music publishers in Nashville. I think that's a strength of our business for sure. So let me ask, what would you, I, I think I know, cause you might've hinted at it already. What is one of your greatest or favorite achievements that you've been able to uh, see through as the Nashville uh, president? I think really, I think bringing the community together has been really one of the first thing. We have an incredible board, um, which we'll have to go through and list them at some point later on. Um, but it's really a, full of all of the independent publishers in town. And I'm probably most proud of the award show. Um, this was the brainchild of Ree Geyer and Michael Baum. Um, they thought, how do we grow membership and how do we get out in front of the other award shows? And to quote somebody who recently won back in April. I mean, this is the AIMP Nashville Awards. It's the only time independent publishers and independent writers are really acknowledged. I mean, a lot of times we get left behind with the other bigger award shows, whether it be CMAs, ACMs, um, but this is focused on just independent songwriters and publishers and people taking it extremely serious. Uh, for those who sit on the board and know how many issues we dealt with leading up to the awards this year, there are a lot of political um, reasons, but people care. I mean, people really take this seriously, and it's a, it's an award that people really covet and really want. So watching that go from attendancy to being on stage at the Ryman, it's it's incredible. And there are no nights like it. You can't replicate it um, because it's pretty informal and pretty casual, which is kind of how I would describe the Nashville publishing scene. We're relatively casual, laid back, but extremely competitive and collaborative, too. So piggybacking on that, what have you seen or see as one of your biggest challenges uh, facing us in the in the national office? You know, that's a really good question. The pandemic has brought a lot of challenges, but it's also brought a lot of opportunity. Um, and opportunity meaning New York, L.A. and Nashville have never worked so well in unison together. And while I am the national chair, I have my two cohorts on either side of me, Terry Nelson Carpenter in Los Angeles, and Michael Lau in New York, and we very much run this thing from an executive committee standpoint. And I feel like my job as national chair is to listen and kind of stay out of the way and help guide the conversation along. Um, but yeah, just really, really good people involved. If you are a member, what does a membership get you? Because this this will steer another question I have coming. Well, if I if I join, what am I getting for my membership? Yeah, you're getting free access to all these educational webinars. Um, you get the ability to vote in the AIMP Nashville Awards. Um, so it's really about being a part of the community and having access to talking about future issues, but I think one of my favorite panels we did was the legendary women of music grow, which we're going to have to bring back. And it's really kind of honoring those who came before us and, and just really highlighting Nashville and how great this town is. And it really is a song town. And now that I've gotten the, the ability to take a peek into New York and take a peek into LA, they're all, we all function very differently. We all have our own board personalities for sure. Um, but Nashville is really, just, I think the way that we honor those who came before us is, is really special and something that I think we're going to continue to do. And I think that uh, we're helping drive because we've been innovative. I don't think that uh, would be the wrong word to use as far as the other chapters and really putting together the award show, really driving some other opportunities. Uh, and that is helping unify uh, the other 
chapters, which will make us stronger in the long run as, as, a, as having one voice and in, in moving forward. Would you agree with that? I agree 100%. That's really, to be honest, has been my number one goal is to unify LA, New York, and Nashville and have us all kind of come together as one voice because we really have operated independently for the last several years. And then the bylaws were recently rewritten two years ago. And I think that's probably about to be rewritten again, largely in part to yours truly, because uh, as news came out, the reservoir was going public via a reverse merger and a SPAC, a special purpose acquisition company. Um, it really kind of made us hone in on what is an independent. And per the bylaws, an independent is not a company that is traded publicly. So when it was announced, the reservoir would be traded publicly, albeit only about 15% of the company going public and with 60% of the company still owned by the Khosr Shahi family and owned by one family. Um, it's brought up the question of what is an independent? So um, I may have jumped ahead, but we might as well just dive in and I can address the elephant in the room because I'm the one that caused the conversation. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we all had a panic. John was going to issue a letter of resignation and we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, let's just redefine what an independent is, which as you've already brought up, we, we have uh, some bylaws, but it's no longer, I'm going to use the word relevant because the indie world has changed so much. It used to just be typically smaller companies that, that, that were not funded by uh, um are publicly held. So now that's a lot different because as you mentioned, Round Hill's kind of in a similar scenario where they're on the London Stock Exchange. Only one of their funds is on that, but that challenges things. And so we're getting into this world where BMG, which some people would say, look at and go, that's a, a major. They identify themselves as an indie. So I'm going to just start with do we have a new definition of indie yet, John, or is this still an in-progress scenario for us? It's very much still in progress. And for those of you who have not read, Michael Ames from Penn Music was tapped by the executive committee to write an op-ed for Billboard addressing what is an independent. And the reason it was an issue is because I'm national chair and officers have to be a part of an independent music publishing company. Now we have people on our boards in New York, LA, that work for public companies, Disney, Sony Pictures, um, Hypnosis, and is also publicly traded on the London Stock Exchange. Um, so it's really forced us to kind of try to further define an independent. And I think what we found out is it's really tough. <laughs> I, I think the creatives in the world would like to say it really is, it's a spirit, it's a mentality, it's concierge service, it's not being owned by media conglomerate. Um, and I think a lot of people have determined that it shouldn't be based on how a company is financed. And the reason Reservoir is going public via a SPAC and a reverse merger is because it's the best financial tool that we found to help us deliver on our mandate, which is continued growth. Um, and it helped us raise a significant amount of money at a relatively low cost of capital. Um, and we looked at a bunch of different financial tools to achieve that and going public is what made the most sense for Reservoir. Um, probably very similar to what Roundhill and Hypnosis have done on the London Stock Exchange, but with us being the first independent music company to go public in the U.S., it's brought up this issue. And for the record, I did offer my resignation. Um, I did. I felt very hypocritical sitting as national chair, knowing that I'm going to be working for a public company and knowing what the bylaws, how they read. Um, 
my resignation was not accepted. And so here we are. So we've opened up a really important conversation and it's, and it's really just making sure that songwriters and publishers are treated fairly and paid properly is really what it boils down to. Cause there's some big companies out there. Concord is a major, major player. I mean, as is peer music, I mean, big machine now with their new structure, I mean, it's kind of crazy for you to be working with the same company that has BTS. So it's a lot of things has changed. I know the NMPA does it based on revenue, which we looked at at the AIMP and just decided that wasn't the best route. So we may be coming back to that. But it's a conversation that's uh, still going and hopefully we can address it and wrap it up here in the next month or so. So, John, what's the future? Let's talk future as the national chair. I, we've touched on this a little bit, but what is some of your vision? Uh, you, you talked about being a unifying voice, really helping communication, which we see. But is there anything you currently have that on, on your plate that you're like, this is my main goal I'm trying to drive for? What's your political platform? And that's what I'm asking. What, what are we, where are you going with the AIP? You know, that's a really good question. A lot of it's driven by members. I mean, I'm very much a servant leader when it comes to this. And just for me being the national chair doesn't mean that I have a gavel and I sit up here and say, this is what we're doing. It's very much an open conversation and transparency is very, very much a part of our leadership structure. Um, I think it would be, I think we need to have a bigger voice when it comes to lobbying and legislation. Um, the way the organization is currently set up, we legally cannot do that, but there are ways which we can change how the structure of the organization works to where we can have a bigger voice when it comes to lobbying. Um, obviously, the last thing we want to do is have too many voices and, and complicate the issue. So I think that's something we're going to slow walk. And um, But yeah, I think really having Nashville, New York, and LA understand each other has been really important because we're all very different. I mean, Nashville is very much the songwriter, creator, creative-driven chapter. Um, Los Angeles, kind of a mix of the two. New York, very much an admin, um, kind of very much from an admin standpoint, technical publishing. So I think having everybody get together as one group and, and try to figure out how we can add value and, and have our voices heard to make sure we all get paid and don't get taken advantage of. Some other really cool initiatives that are happening now within the AIMP. There's a uh, mentorship program, which is fantastic. I participated in and I think I learned more than my mentee, <laughs> to be honest. There's a scholarship program happening out of Los Angeles. Um, there's an LA film event, obviously the national awards we talked about. There's an education committee. So there are a lot of initiatives that are taking place within the organization from a committee level to where we're trying to just grow our, grow our um, constituency. Hey, thanks for listening to the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. We hope you subscribe in your favorite podcast platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to stay up to date and informed in the world of music publishing and songwriting. The AIMP Nashville Pubcast is created by executive producers Del Bobo and yours truly, Tim Hunzey, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks again for listening and supporting the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. Nashville Pubcast.